Thanks for listening to the podcast from Old Town Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Old Town Church is passionate about making disciples for the glory of God in Old Town and around the world by inviting people to know the gospel, experience biblical community, and live on mission. If you're in the Rock Hill area, we invite you to join us for worship every Sunday. If you're not in our area, we encourage you to find a gospel-believing church near you. We hope this podcast is a blessing to you as we seek to follow Jesus and the grace of his gospel. Thanks for listening. Good morning. I'm Jamie Armstrong, and I'm going to be reading um, in Luke this morning. It's a very common passage. I'm sure you have all heard it at least once. So I just want to challenge you as I read this over you that you stop and dwell on the fact that our God became a human and he condescended to humanity and put on flesh. And just think about what he left when he came to earth. Um, So read with me. We're in Luke 2, 1 through 14. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Hey, listen, my name is Matthew. I'm, I'm one of the pastors here at Old Town Church and uh, just excited to be with you this morning. And, and kids, just so you know, like I won't be talking for as long as I normally talk today, all right? So this isn't, uh, or adults, I guess maybe that's comforting to all of you in here. Um, but, uh, you know, for us this morning, just want to really focus our minds in on on the simplicity of, of this day, but uh, also think about how we respond to it. And so I was thinking, and I don't know if you've ever been in this moment, like we have... Uh, moments where we've had to respond to something and uh, maybe people are watching us in that moment or moments where we, we have to respond a number of times throughout the day. I respond to my kids asking me for things or, or whatever else. But I, I specifically remember, if you can remember a moment where it was like awkward for you to respond, uh, one of those for me was when Megan and I were engaged and they have like showers for you, right? Like they're giving you things and, you know, showers and, they, you know, they give you, uh, I had one shower where a bunch of guys gave me tools that was awesome. Like that was the, my favorite one. I was like, oh, sweet. Like every present. I was like, screwdrivers, woo. You know, like I was very excited. All right. But then I had to go to like a couple's shower where um, they gave us kitchen stuff. 
and not like fun kitchen stuff, like gadgets and things we got to use, like plates and forks. It was like two hours of us opening up forks. And, um, and my, I constantly, the whole time was like, I have to pretend like I'm excited about this, like this awkward response. After a while, I was like, cool, thanks, forks. You know, like you just have these awkward responses. Some of y'all will have those tomorrow where someone's aunt knit them a pink bunny suit or some kind of like thing. And you're like, oh, cool, a tie. This is great. Thank you so much. You know, like we have these awkward responses. And, and for us today, the biggest thing, and, and Jamie helped us, like, hey, let's really get in and hear this story for a moment. Like, how do you respond to Jesus? How do you respond to the coming of Jesus? This is a question I want to present here at the very beginning, a question I'm going to ask at the very end. But as we approach today and tomorrow, Christmas Day, where we made up a date to celebrate the coming of Jesus, how do you respond to the coming of Jesus? And so this morning, what I, I want to propose to us is as we think about, and we're going to look at John chapter 1, verse 1 through 18, uh, though I'm not going to cover everything in there, there's all these great truths for us as we celebrate that that Jesus came so that we could believe in him, that we could receive him as savior, that we could experience abundant life with him, that Jesus is Emmanuel, like, like we just heard, he's Emmanuel, God with us. And, and he came so that we could experience eternal life with him. And so as we approach this day, my question for you is this, how do you respond to the coming of Jesus? How do you respond to the coming of Jesus? And I'm gonna look at four ways that we can respond to Jesus. All right, just out of John chapter one, four ways that we can respond to Jesus. And the first is this, that we worship him, that our first response is to worship him. Look here in John, verses, uh, John chapter one, verse one through five. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. All right, there's a, a few things we see about Jesus just in these first five verses. And there's a, there's a lot of words in there. In fact, the word word is in there a lot, and that is referring to Jesus. But one thing that we know about Jesus just from these verses, we know that Jesus has always existed. He was there in the beginning. There wasn't like a moment where he was created. He was actually, it says, he was there in the beginning. In verses 1 and 2, that he was with God. And in fact, it says he was God. And so verse two kind of summarizes it. He was in the beginning with God. This is who Jesus is. This is who the word is. He has always existed. And we know also from these verses that he actually was God. Jesus is God. It literally says that he was God. We have to remember that Jesus, when he came to be a man, when he became man, when he put on flesh, he didn't cease being God. He was fully God and fully man at the same time here on this earth. We know that Jesus was, it says, with God. And that word, as we think about him, it says he was God and he was with God. What we get from this is this relationship between God the Father and God the Son. That there is in that, this, this relationship that existed. That he was not just, that word with that, that John uses there is not just this, like they were next to each other, they were side by side, like you and I are in a room together or I am, I am with this microphone. Like that's a really cold feeling. The word John uses is that they were in the direction of each other. They were with each other. They were headed towards one another. They were in 
an intentional relationship with one another. It's this word with that, that implies an intimacy amongst friends. And so uh, you might, over this holiday season, gather with friends. You're, you're going to be with your friends. And the idea is we want to be here together, all right? You might have relatives that you're like, I don't want to be with you that way. Like, I would actually rather you be somewhere else. But for you with friends, there's this intentionality to be with your friends. Well, that's the relationship that Jesus experienced with God forever. I've, I've loved uh, thinking about this question. What was Jesus doing before he came to earth? Like, think about it. We, we celebrate the baby, but like, what was he doing before then? Well, the reality of it is he was existing with God, having the love of God poured out on him for all of eternity. He was delighting in the presence of his father forever and ever and ever before he came to earth. And we also know not only was he doing that, but in verse three, we see that Jesus was an active part of creation, that all things were created through him. Like nothing was made that was not made through Jesus. And so Jesus was uh, a creator. We know that in Jesus, it says later in verse four, that in him there is life. And what that means is he is, he is an originator of life, that he is self-existent. He doesn't need someone to give him life. He is self-sufficient on his own. He has life and he can impart life to others, that he is a life giver. And, and I, I feel like in verse 4 and 5, part of what we see is that the existence of Jesus cannot be denied. And, and, and I get that from this, where it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This idea of Jesus as light, which is so much of what we celebrate on a day like today. It's why our lights are lower, and we have candles that we're going to light earlier, because we're remembering that the light pierced the darkness and it was recognizable. You could not deny that the Savior had come. And so the question for you is this, as we think about like one way we respond to Jesus, when you read these five verses, I think a natural response for us is just to worship him. That our response would be, oh my goodness, like this is, he has always existed. He is God. He was with God. He was a creator. Like this is a divine being worthy of being worshiped. And so our response to Jesus is to worship him. That's one way that we can respond. Now, the question is this, and I just, let's be honest, as we all gather in here, maybe you came with family, maybe you've been coming to Old Town Church for a while. I'm not going to assume we all believe the same thing here this morning. And so I just want to free you up to say, what is it that you believe about Jesus? What do you believe? When you read these five verses, do you believe these to be true? Is, is as you read these, is it enlightening to you about who exactly this Jesus was. And I think one of the, the biggest questions you could ask yourself this Christmas is this, what do I believe about Jesus? What do I actually believe about him? And, and I, I believe this, that the reality is that once we realize who he is, who he is even described to be in these five verses, that one of our responses to him is just worship, that we would worship him. Well, there's another response, and it's this, to tell others about him. All right, look in, in verses 6 through 8. This guy's going to come on the scene named, named John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And so what we see here in this very beginning is that God sent John to tell people about Jesus. God, God sent them in that way as a witness. Now, a witness, if you think about like courtroom dramas and whatever else, or maybe you've been a witness on, on, the, on the witness stand in court or something, a witness tells someone what they have seen, believed, or experienced from their perspective, all right? 
This is something I've, I personally, I saw it with my own eyes. I, I was a witness to this thing. And, and so what it says here is that John came on to bear witness or to testify about Jesus. Uh, most recently, if you, you know, you testify about a lot of things in your life, all right? Like you're constantly telling people things you like, like, hey, I got the shirt from this place. And like Alex Buca's shirt this morning, I'm like, where did you get that? Like, I'm going to get me one of those like as soon as I possibly can. That was a thing of beauty, all right? Like we witness, we testify about things, right? Recently, someone in our church testified to Megan and I about uh, something, and it was something that's really important to us, and it's Mexican food. And that's like people know, we just love Mexican food. And the Lees, God sent them from Alabama to South Carolina, mainly to be in our lives, to tell us about a Mexican restaurant in Charlotte. They, they testified, and we believed them, and we went, and now I testify to you, Taco Mama is where it's at, all right? And so go get you some Taco Mama at some point this Christmas season. I'm witnessing you. I'm telling you about the goodness of it. I've experienced it. I've eaten it. It's on point, all right? And so go get some Taco Mama. Well, it's, hey, listen, it's the same thing. We, we witness. We testify about things. John was sent to testify about Jesus. And in the same way, one way that we respond to the coming of Jesus is we, we testify. We, we witness about him. We tell others about him. All right. And, and the purpose, it says in verse seven, this is the purpose. John came as a witness to bear witness about the light. This is the, this is the statement of purpose. Why? That all might believe through him. The idea is that we are telling people about Jesus with the ultimate goal of them also believing in him. Church, one of our greatest purposes for continuing to exist here on this earth is for us to testify, to, to bear witness to the beauty and the light that Jesus is. What we've experienced in our own life of relationship with him. This is a good news that we can share with others. We, don't, we can celebrate it. It's better than Mexican food. I'm not trying to compare it here. But like in the same way, we're like, man, this is great. I think in the same way, we can just be honest. Like maybe over this holiday season, as you're hanging out with family, you're hanging out with friends, like you can just say, hey man, we did all these fun things. Here's what we did. And ultimately, like our celebration was because of this. Like we feasted, we gave presents, we did all this in honor of the one who has changed my life. And, and so we, we bear witness in that way. And so, I mean, it might even be that you're with family members or friends who believe in Jesus. We can still bear witness and celebrate together as a form of worshiping together uh, the goodness of who he is. So, so we worship. One way we respond is worship. One way we respond is telling others about him. And then I think in verse 9 through 13, we can see that another way we can respond is to either reject or receive him. Uh, listen in verses 9 through 13 here. It says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, this is so huge, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Here in these verses, we see two responses to Jesus, the light who is coming into the world. The, the world that he made did not know him. One response is to reject him. They, they, they didn't receive him. They rejected him. They had seen the evidence of creation, and they rejected there being a God. They had heard the coming of the Messiah, a rescuer, and when he came, they rejected him. They didn't believe that through his life and his death that the penalty for their sin could be paid, that their sin could be forgiven. And so they rejected Jesus as the Messiah, as 
the Savior. And so this is one response to Jesus that we can have, that we reject him as Savior. But the second, and we see in verses 12 and 13, a second response is to receive him, it says. Verse 12, it shows us that to receive him means that we believe in his name. Well, what is that name? It's to believe that he is who he says he is. When we're receiving him, we're believing that Jesus really is who he says he is, which at the end of the day is the Savior, to believe that he is the one who has come, that through him we can experience forgiveness of our sin and reconciliation in our relationship with God. He is our Savior, our rescuer. And through this, it says, we actually can become children of God, that we are adopted into the forever family of God. And so may we never lose sight of the miracle of salvation. And I think verse 13 really helps us put it in its place where it belongs. It's describing in verse 13, uh, those who were born, that there is new life. In Christ, we have new life. Now that spiritual birth we experience is not by our own doing. It's not by our own will. It's not by our own flesh. It's not by our own blood. It's not a, a birthright that we are given. You aren't born into salvation. That it's nothing that we have done, but salvation actually is purely of God. It was all him. Salvation is a miracle enacted by God. Salvation is a work of the Lord through, through by his grace, he gives us the ability to believe in him and the faith to receive him. And so our response to Jesus is either to reject or receive him. And so I have to ask you this morning, how do you respond to Jesus? Have you rejected him? Have you received him? And I would just, I, I would challenge you to wrestle with that question over these days, because ultimately our response to him, this rejection or this reception of him, there's no middle ground. There's nothing in between. There's one or the other. And so I challenge you this morning just to evaluate where you stand in your relationship with him. So we respond to Jesus by worshiping him, by telling others about him, by either rejecting or receiving him, and finally, by enjoying him, that, that we can enjoy him. All right, and I actually, I just realized this. I changed the point. This is my fault. Just ignore what's on the screen. That's not Emily's fault. That's mine. All right, so really the point is this, that you're going to enjoy him. And, and we see in verse 14 through 18 this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. Listen to this verse. Just hear this verse. For from his fullness, all have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. We've been talking about this word, all right, the, the word. And it says here, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. There's so much in these four verses that you can see even just by the fact that I changed the point at the last minute, but there's so much in these verses that we could unpack and really learn from. But I, I want to just focus on one word just for the sake of our time today, and that word is this, dwelt. That the word, Jesus, who had pre-existed with God, was God, was with God, was creating, that he came to earth, he put on flesh and dwelt among us. Now that word dwelt means to take up residence. All right. It, it means, I don't know if you've been camping, but it means to pitch a tent. All right. It, it, it means to, to tabernacle is actually the word. This word was used in the Old Testament in Exodus 
33 where they built a tent and Moses would go in the tent and then uh, God in the, in the form of a pillar of smoke would come to the entrance of the tent and he would meet with Moses. He would tabernacle with Moses. And in Exodus 33, 11, listen to these words. I, I read this. I was like, I got to read this to y'all because I think this is fascinating. When, when they would meet there in this tent, in the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, it says, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. This is what it means to tabernacle. And this is what Jesus did when he came to earth. He put on flesh to tabernacle amongst us, to dwell among us so that we could be in relationship with him. Listen, we worship a God of relationship. He desires to be in relationship with him and for us to enjoy him and delight in him. And so we get to verse 16 and, and we see what comes from this relationship. It says, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, blessing after blessing, that he is just lavishing blessing on us. And so through Jesus, it's possible for us to have a rich, deep, intimate relationship with God where we delight in him. And that's not just for the future, that's here today. Here on this earth, you can experience a thriving, meaningful, delightful relationship with God. But we know that it's just a shadow of what's to come for eternity, that we will, for those who have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus, experience eternity of just delighting in God, just like Jesus had been for all of eternity before he came to earth. And so a final response you might have this Christmas is just taking time to sit back and remember what God has done for you taking time to sit back and just delight in him. Thank you, God, for what you have done in my life. And so we've talked about these four responses. And so the question for reflection for you today is this, how do you respond to the coming of Jesus? This doesn't mean don't do presents and don't eat big meals and feast. I actually think that's the most appropriate thing we could do. We should celebrate the coming of Jesus. And so these things are good, but my question for you is, how do you personally, not the people around you, not the people in the seats next to you, not your family, how do you personally respond to the coming of Jesus? Is it a response of worship, a response of telling others about him, a response of delighting in him? But ultimately, the biggest question, do you reject or do you receive him? Do you have a personal relationship with the God of the universe? It's possible for you through Jesus. And so we, what I want to do this morning is just pray over you and, and praying this ultimately that maybe one of the greatest gifts that you open this year is one that's already been wrapped and handed to you. It's just unwrapping the gift of Jesus. Unwrapping the gift of Christ who's offered eternal life to you with the Father. And so let me pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you for the truth we can celebrate in your word. We thank you for the ways that it causes a response in us. And Lord, I ultimately just pray for anyone in here, whether it be a, a child, a, a student, uh, an adult, uh, just anyone in here, Lord, that you would, by your power, draw those who are far from you near to you. And God, give them the ability to believe and the faith to receive the gift of Jesus. And so, Lord, as we continue in worship this morning and just pointing all things to Christ, we praise you for Christ. Lord, help us now, even in these moments, respond in worship to you. That's your name we pray. Amen.